And that particular morning, I got up early, got in my car, and it was like I heard a voice, and it said, what are you doing? And I remember thinking to myself, what am I doing? And Joyan, this never would have happened. For me to question what I was doing religiously, it, it, it's, it wasn't even conceivably possible. I got out of my car, I went back inside, I went and I went back to bed. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode on Find Joy with Joanne, the podcast that is all about helping you live and lead a life with joy. I'm your host, Joanne Chan, and every Wednesday, we are giving you access to the world's best and brightest minds in their fields on our show. Listen in as these leaders impart their wisdom, inspiration, and stories to empower you to live joyfully with intention, passion, and purpose and celebrate the struggles and overcome the challenges we may face each day with the tools and insights that we are going to share with you. Whether you are looking to improve your relationship, find your passion, learn how to embrace the present moment, deepen your spiritual connection, or learn the magic of manifestation and law of attraction to attract more abundance, this podcast is here to guide you every step of the way. As your host, I am also challenging myself to dig deeper to learn and unlearn and write along with you. We are not here to tell you how to live your life because it is your life. But this life is all that we have right now. So my friend, why not live our life to the fullest? So I hope these conversations and stories will guide and inspire you to live your life to your highest potential and a life that you are proud of as you continue to grow and evolve in your own journey. So if you are ready to start living a more passionate, purposeful and joyful life, join us every Wednesday on Find Joy with Joanne for inspirational stories, powerful message, fun conversations and empowering thoughts with me and my special guests and friends. And now without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Do you want to create the code to negative subconscious programs that keep you poor, sick, and frustrated? Our guest today has helped over a thousand people overcome their negative subconscious blocks, reach their financial goals, improve their relationship, and overcome past trauma for a decade. He's a licensed acupuncturist and functional medicine specialist. He is the U.S. distributor of the famous Rubamine products from Switzerland that change how you think. He has worked extensively with many doctors around the world in Switzerland, Germany, and many more. He is here today to help you break subconscious patterns to allow real healing and real personal growth. So ladies and gentlemen, help me a welcoming the one and only Nicholas Franson. This episode is sponsored by Get the Law of Attraction. If you have been listening to this podcast, you will know that I am a big believer of the universe and the law of attraction. Get the Law of Attraction is a spiritual and inspirational company that gives you something really good like chocolate chip cookies to feed your soul and your mind every single day. They provide daily Instagram posts and reels on the universe, gratitude, spirituality for your headache life. They also have an educational course on the law of attraction and gratitude journal and their links are in the show notes below. Go to their website and use promo code JOYAN, J-O-Y-A-N, 
when you sign up to get $25 off. Well, that was quite an introduction. You did a, such a great job making me look so good there, Joanne. <laughs> you are doing great. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out in your evening to come on my show and talk about one of the topics that we all want to learn. You talk about subconscious mind a lot and how to break our subconscious patterns and programming. So when I was doing my research, you, you actually said that um, you shared this truth, astonishing truth, that our behaviors and results in our life are 95% predictable based on how we were programmed as a child. So my first question is, how do we know, how do we first discover what kind of programming are we currently running in our life as an adult today? Such a great question. You know, when we want to try to decipher what are these hardwired programs that we've kind of been wired to, to have, you know, how do we break them if they're negative, right? So you and I, we both come into this world. We don't have a choice on our parents, right? Um, sometimes some of us have really great parents. Sometimes some of us don't, right? And maybe someone's upbringing was not as great as it could have been. But in those beginning years, Joyan, you don't have the ability to really distinguish what's good advice and what's bad advice, okay? So you are essentially being programmed by your loved ones, your parents, your grandparents, your teachers, those that are nearest to you that spend most time with you, that certain things are okay and that certain things are not okay. Here's how you behave in society. Here's what society expects. And here are the other things that are not acceptable in society. And if you had good beginning programming, then you begin to make your way into the world and you do, and you do well. But what if that programming was not good? Maybe words were said to you like uh, you, you're not worth anything. Maybe you went through abuse as a child. Maybe it was emotional or verbal or sexual. And maybe there were circumstances that programmed you that were harmful. So as we age, we take that programming with us. And we can all of a sudden now we start to see, you know, in our 20s, in our 30s, in our 40s, we're making the same mistakes that we were making when we were teenagers, okay? And so this is all about how we develop these subconscious programs. Okay, so what exactly are subconscious programs? Because I think you just kind of explained it, but I just wonder really if you could give one sentence or one definition, if you will, how, and how do they affect our life especially and how do how do they limit our potential in any areas because you talk about financial goals you know improve your relationship um how do they really limit our potential so let's talk about subconscious blocks okay or negative programs okay so there's three main ways that uh we get subconscious blocks Mm -hmm. or we have these negative programs number one uh, trauma. This could be when we were young. It could be when we were a teenager. It could be older. You know, it and it's different for everyone. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a divorce. It could be uh, abuse of some sort. This actually alters brain chemistry to a certain extent. Increases the level of cortisol, which is a kind of a stress hormone. And so, when we undergo any sort of trauma, we have the ability to siphon that sort of off part of our brain and kind of tuck it over here so we can continue to go, we can function as an individual. But 
that experience sort of shapes our being. So now what we used to think was a safe place now is fearful. Okay, so that's one of the main ways that we get some of these subconscious blocks that prevent us from excelling in life. So, you know, we talked, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, how, how do the stop our financial goals? Yeah. What, what if you were taught when you were young, money is the root of all evil, that you shouldn't actually seek after it, that it's, you know, rich people are snobs and they're pigs and they don't care about anybody else. And you're young, you can't really decipher, okay, really what what's true and what's not. So you grow up thinking rich people are bad people. Or I shouldn't focus on making money because that makes me a bad person. That brings us to the second way we develop these subconscious blocks. And that's through learned behavior. The programs we were made as kids or in school that we were taught. So we have trauma where we have an experience that teaches us oh, I have to be sad now based on this, or oh, I have to be scared now because of what happened. Second one is learned behavior. So now we figure out, oh, what I am taught, actually, if it was negative, can hold me back from accomplishing my goals. And then the third one is inherited values. So our moms and dads, they give us a little bit of each of them, right? Mm -hmm. And we inherit some of their strengths and we inherit some of their weaknesses. So there was a study done actually on um, survivors of the Holocaust. And this was done by Dr. Rachel Yehuda in New York. She found that the children of survivors of the Holocaust who had been in Nazi camps actually had a higher ability or higher level or um, predisposed condition to be more anxious than other Jewish individuals who did not go through the Holocaust. So just because your parents went through something actually predisposes you to become more like that. But the flip side works as well. What if your parent was, you know, strong? They went through some difficult things. It made them stronger. They healed. Guess what? They passed those good types of genes onto you as a child. And so now you have more ability to handle stressful situations without breaking down. So that's why 95% of your behavior is often predictable just in those first few years. What you've inherited, what trauma you've been through, and what you have learned in your life from those early years. You know, whenever I I uh, talk to experts like you, it just makes me think that it's so crazy in the sense that to a certain extent that we are still carrying all these programmings and conditionings from our childhood now that we are might be, you know, in our 20s, 30s, or even 40 or even 50. And we're still thinking about all these learned behaviors and, you know, past trauma that happened almost a few decades ago. Isn't it or insane? Even generations ago. Even generations ago. And why is right. it so? I mean, why is it so hard to break this subconscious belief? It's the way that the body works. So we can talk a little bit about epigenetics. So we know about genes, right? And we inherit genes. We can't actually change our genes, but we can change how our genes are expressed. We call that the science of epigenetics. Mm. Simple example, you have an individual who has diabetes in the family. And that individual says, you know what? I'm going to change my diet. 
I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to do good meditation. I'm going to do all these things for my health. He can begin to change how his genes are expressed. Can he pass that on to his children? Yes, he can begin to break the cycle and pass on better gene expression to his progeny so that they may actually break that cycle and be able to maybe be diabetic free. So it's this comes down to the old battle of nature versus nurture, right? What I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. My mother had an older sister and uh, my aunt, she was fun, super fun, just a, just just a party to be around. Well, when she was in her early 20s, she got pregnant. She gave up a child for adoption, okay? And none of my my mom didn't even know this until like almost 40 years later and her and her sister my aunt had actually died. And out of the blue one day, she calls up my mom and says, "Are you the sister of her her sister and she says yeah she says well i was adopted when i was young and she was my mother okay and she began to describe to my mom all of the things that happened in her life and my mom hung up the phone i remember she said that woman is just like my sister exactly like my sister and she had been adopted into a very religious home that was fairly strict and very loving and all this sort of stuff. But she inherited hardly any of those those beliefs. And she went clear after what she had inherited from her mother rather than what she had been taught from her adopted family. So it's the nature versus nurture. These patterns do get hardwired. They can be inherited. And we need something really, really strong and new to help break some of these patterns because they are possible. Okay, so I'm sure we are going to talk about what is new, that this is the, the remedies that you have developed. Um, and you call it the therapy in a bottle, if I'm not wrong. And I really love that word. <laughs> um, no, I'm glad you like it. It took me yeah. a long time to think of that one. Very <laughs> cool. So, and you developed the remedies that breaks these subconscious blocks and programmings and can you talk to us about that and how does it really help people to connect with their subconscious mind and, you know, and to explore the underlying causes of their challenges? So the way that these remedies, they're a homeopathic remedy. So it's a natural sort of remedy similar to a supplement for those people who don't know about homeopathics. It was developed by a German doctor about 20 years ago, Joyan, And he was working with a lot of women that had been through a lot of emotional sort of conditions. And he was using remedies at the time called Bach flower remedies. Okay. A lot of people have heard of Bach flower. You can buy these in most natural health food stores. They are flowers and they've been diluted down. That's what a homeopathic is. It's the original substance and you dilute it down several different times. And they kind of retain the essence of those, whatever substance you diluted. So he was using these flower remedies and he says, I was getting really great results. But after about three months, they'd all, he says it was great for business because they'd always come back. <laughs> it just seemed like I wasn't making a lot of permanent headway. I was getting them help, but it didn't really get them all the way. So he kind of went on a little bit of a quest trying to figure out and he created 28 different 
combinations of homeopathics that were designed to treat 28 different emotional conditions. And he started, began to use them with his patients. Amazing things started to happen. He caught the attention of um, a German TV show, kind of similar to Oprah in the United States. And from there, it just blew up in Europe. And so um, from there, he began to treat lots of people and a lot of practitioners got involved, enveloped into a huge system. And they're designed to treat some of these underlying subconscious blocks. Some of these could be, I don't feel loved, right? Maybe as a child, they were abandoned and they have this difficulty feeling like they're ever going to be loved. Um, Another one could be isolation, uh, craving for good feelings, materialistic behavior, right? You know, they go out and they spend money like crazy and they buy everything because they just can't get that feeling that they're satisfied in some way. So that's kind of a little bit about this system. So over, it's been 20 years in Europe. I am the one in charge of the United States. Well, we have, Joyon, it's not just this, not just a good idea, right? We've got eight books. Uh, we've got 300 articles. We have 11 clinical studies where we actually took a thousand patients and they were uh, asked to rank the therapy as excellent, good, satisfactory, or not satisfactory. 86.6% rank their therapy over a year as excellent, good, or satisfactory. So I'll take those odds to Vegas, 86.6%. So that really shows us that there's something really unique going on here. Wow. I Okay, so why do you call it a therapy? So does it mean that we don't need to go to a therapist if let's say someone is suffering with anxiety or depression or chronic stress, does it mean that they just have to buy the bottle instead of going to a therapy session or it's a combination of both. You still have to talk to someone to, you know, really get through the, get through the. So I like to tell people bring what you have and see if we can't add to it. Mm -hmm. See if we can't take you to another level. Okay. Talk therapy is great. I recommend everyone that should, everyone should have one to talk through some of these problems. I think it's essential. They can be very helpful. When our therapists who are using our system, they'll tell me, Nick, I can get three years of progress in six months if I'm using talk therapy and I've put my patients on these particular supplements, these homeopathics. Mm. It seems to have the ability to speed things up. And let's say you're not into talk therapy. I meet a lot of people who say, I've done it. I didn't like it. It didn't work for me. I don't want to go back. What these remedies seem to be able to do is allow you to think differently. That's why we call it therapy in a bottle. Changes how you think. What I mean by that is it allows you to have new thoughts about a scenario that you may not have had before. So Let me give you an example from my own personal life. So when I was introduced to these remedies, they told me, well, you have to, you have to try these. And I'm like, okay, fine. Now, Joanne, I grew up in, in Idaho in the United States. Okay. We're talking, it's cold. I grew up on a potato farm. I had, I had 64 people in my high school graduating class. Okay. (laughs) So very small, a very small town. You know, we didn't get in a lot of trouble. I mean, the worst things we did was, you know, climb the water tower and steal stop signs. All right. So 
not a lot of things. And so I grew up in a very religious family. And I'm very happy to have done that. I got taught great values. I had amazing parents, great siblings. But I had in my mind that my religion was super important to me. It still is very important now, but something changed. I went on a particular combination, and at right about six to eight months, I would get up every Saturday morning and go to this special religious service. And it had always served me. I was happy. I wasn't being damaged. And that particular morning, I got up early, got in my car, and it was like I heard a voice. And it said, what are you doing? And I remember thinking to myself, what am I doing? And Joyan, this never would have happened. For me to question what I was doing religiously, it, it's, it wasn't even conceivably possible. I got out of my car, I went back inside, I went and I went back to bed. <laughs> and over the next few years, really, I began to question some of what I had been taught from a religious perspective. Now, those people who have had religion as a part of their life, they may, they may understand how hard it is to kind of break free from this. So for me, though, I didn't throw the whole thing out. I all of a sudden had this ability to kind of decipher, okay, I believe this is true, but this, this may not be true, and this may not be true. And it took me spiritually to a completely new level where... My faith grew, but my religiosity decreased. Mm -hmm. And so it seems, and most of the people that, that go through our program, they just say, I can, those thoughts would have never occurred to me before. Mm -hmm. I, I would have never gotten out of that particular situation. And so that's why we talk about a therapy in the bottle and how it actually changes how you think. I have never heard of that before. It's really interesting. It makes me want to try now. <laughs> so, yes. So that means that you have you will just wake up one day or the next day, start you know questioning everything in your life. Now, the one thing I want you to know, and I want all your listeners to know, is this is not this is not like a quick fix. Like boom, oh, this is like a I was going to take away all my anxiety tomorrow. Okay, remember this is subconscious programming. Some of these beliefs they have been there for. 30, 40 years. So it's not like we can change that in an instant. So our therapy, we have people come onto our therapy anywhere from 12 to 15 months, okay? And we start to, like an onion, we peel back some of these false belief systems that they may have acquired, uh, you know, throughout life based on what they were taught, um, you know, uh, earlier today, I was speaking with a, another practitioner and we were talking about how, you know, uh, a, a boyfriend breaks up with a girlfriend, okay? And she is devastated. He's not. He goes on his way. He finds new love. He's fine. But she can never marry again. She can never get, she can't get close. She can't get close. It's too much fear. She can't get hurt again. And so this is an example of trauma creates a belief system mm. that now keeps her from really wanting what she wants the most. And so we, so these layers, they have to be peeled back. And it, and it takes a little bit of time, but the results, they're, they're fantastic. Please tell me she's married now <laughs> with two kids. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I love that. 
So it seems like hearing from this story, it seems like we can still develop trauma and beliefs, you know, you know, subconscious belief, even when we are adult, right? I mean, not just only when we were a kid, but even now we can still develop new false belief. That, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's never going to... Think about, think about this. Okay. Yes, that's very true. When you're an adult, now you've got a pretty yeah. good idea of what's right and what's wrong. So if someone tells you to do something bad it's usually not going to stick quite like it was when you were yeah. eight or six. Okay. But let me give you an example. Let's say, let's say teenage years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have pretty good, we can make decisions as a teenager, but you know, of course this happens into adulthood. Uh, I had a patient. Um, she was a runner, mm -hmm. right? A track star. Okay. She was in high school, 17, 18 years old, fit, she was really in good shape. She got on the scale to do a weigh-in where the coach was there and other people. And her coach says, you're two pounds overweight. Now, she could have said, coach, go to hell. You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're crazy. Get out of here. But with an adult, you have a choice. You can accept what you were just taught or you can reject it. If she can reject it, then she moves on as that's not part of me. But she accepted that belief that she was overweight. And that started to propel a scenario of, well, I'm already running 5, 10 miles a day. So I must need to binge eat and I must become bulimic and I must do anorexia. Put her into a 10-year cycle of an eating disorder based on the acceptance of what somebody said. Okay. So you think of someone who's in a marriage, right? And maybe they're put down every day, right? You know, put down every day. I was at somebody's house the other day and just kind of a friend of a friend. And uh, the guy was talking, the wife was there. It seemed like it was a pretty, they're a happy couple. And um, he was talking and then she said, oh, that dog over there, he's, he's doing this. And he immediately says, no, 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 you're changing the subject. No changing the subject. And then he apologizes to me. And he says, sorry, sometimes she changes the subject. And she's probably 50 years old. And, and of course, I recognize this as, as bad. You know, oh, my gosh. What else is going behind closed doors? But he's totally manipulating this, this, this wife. And, of course, she smiled and said, oh, yeah, sorry, I changed the subject. But that's a learned behavior that now maybe she thinks, you know what? I'm not good enough and for him. And so I have to do what he says. So it doesn't, it just has to be the acceptance of the idea could create this subconscious belief that I need to be this way. Wow. Wow. Now I have to be more mindful if I accept, you know, be more conscious with what other people say to me. And we all have a choice to decide. And sometimes it's all about you being conscious or not. Like that woman that you just described, she might not be aware of that is happening, what is actually happening, right? She just thought, right. oh, it's just like you know, my husband always says this to me, you know, just like talk to me like this. So, And you also talk about the body that keeps score. Can you explain yeah. to us how does migraines, you know, sleep troubles or addictions um, can really be the results of subconscious blocks? It's a symptom yeah. of subconscious blocks, yeah. Let's talk about how this manifests in the body. Let's take this woman I'm, I just re talked to you about. Okay. Let's say she doesn't, she has no idea that she's being manipulated like yeah. this. She's just as part of life. Okay. She's not a, 
you and I would look at her and go, she can't speak her voice. Mm-hmm. She can't stand up for herself. Um, if she speaks up, what do you think happens? Who knows, right? Maybe he physically hurts her. Maybe he is, speaks to her very negatively. What part of the body is being suppressed? The voice. Okay. The throat. Would I be surprised in five to 10 years if she was diagnosed with throat cancer? No. Probably not. What does she, is her voice always kind of raspy? Is it kind of soft? Does she have laryngitis? Does she get strep throat? Does she have neck pain? So the body, if, if you're not emotionally healthy and you refuse to take care of it, like in this particular scenario where she doesn't understand what's happening, it will manifest somewhere. The body will keep the score and the stress associated with that particular scenario will manifest in her physical body. Could be, for her, I would say it's probably somewhere in this area, right? Neck, throat, something like that. What if it's a broken heart? What if they've, you know, the, the boyfriend dumped them, they've never been able to love again? Heart palpitations, breast cancer, you know, um, different sort of things, uh, back pain, okay? So the body will often manifest different places, these emotionally themed troubles that we deal with if we don't actually resolve them. Mm. So I think the first step is to identify what kind of symptoms, physical symptoms that we have in our body right now, right? Is it easier to first identify the physical symptoms in our body? So most of the people that come to see us, Joyan, they come because they have a problem. Okay, yeah. They come because they're like, I have stomach troubles that I can't get over. I've taken all the medicines. I've taken all the supplements. There's no M. I've been to the MRI. I've been to the CT. I, I've done all these different things. No doctor knows what's wrong with me. My blood work is fine. Everyone thinks that it's in my head. I know that it's not in my head. And we tend to believe that there's probably old emotional stuff unprocessed that is causing the physical ailment. Mm. Okay. And so that's, so then we would sit down and we would, we have a special little testing method that we use and we figure out, you know, what's going on with this, what's happening here. And then we would give them our little bottles, our little medicines. And all of a sudden, gosh, three months go by. My stomach feels pretty good. You know, my stomach is not hurting like it was before, because when we heal these emotional issues, then the physical body has a plethora of energy to heal what it was actually uh, was being hampered by the emotional conflict. So you can't look at them as two separate, right? You have to look at them as they're both together, the emotions, the spirit, the physical. One gets out, the others are affected, okay? And that's really how some of this stuff really works. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. And the last thing that I want to talk to you about is why do you say that meditation, affirmations, and visualization don't work very well for hardwired subconscious mind? For example, you know, um, I do. I also believe that personally, I believe that affirmation don't work. You know, because I I tried before, it doesn't work for me. So I believe that it doesn't work, right? So. But I'd love to hear from your expertise, you know, from your perspective. Why does it not work, especially when it comes to changing your subconscious belief? Okay, that's a great question. 
I think it does work. Okay. okay? Right. I believe we were, you know, created to be creators. Mm. All right. You can call it a manifesting or law of attraction, whatever you want to do. It's our inherent, uh, you know, as humans to create stuff, right? Art, music, uh, you know, uh, architecture. I mean, that's what we do. We we create things, you know, and that's, I think, a a God-given power that we can create. So I 100% believe that these meditations and things, they, it is the power of creation. And we know there is a power of thought. So why does it not work for some people? (laughs) <laughs> and for other people, it does. Let me give you an example. Let's say we have, um, you and I both know a, a young woman, uh, been through a, a very bad breakup, and she hates her ex-boyfriend. Just, it's bitterly angry. She's bitterly angry, and just, it's a big thing for her. And this happened 10 years ago. Let's say she's sitting on the beach in Bali, and she wants to change her life and she's going to meditation seminars and she's, you know, doing all the dances and the movements and she's sitting on the beach visualizing, you know, being successful and, you know, finding this new partner. And then comes in this thought, I hate that guy so bad. <laughs> I hate that old boyfriend. I wish I could get him out of my mind. Oh, beaches and Bali. And then she tries to go back to her meditation. What if the reason why some of our meditations and our manifesting doesn't work is because we have subconscious blocks that interfere? You would not believe how many people get through our program six to nine months and they go, it's forgiveness. I have not been willing to forgive and now I know that's what's holding me back. That's what's causing my physical chronic pain. I know that's what's causing my migraines. And I know that's why I'm not progressing the way I want. So I like to say, as I said earlier, bring what you have. Bring your meditations, your everything you got. Let's see if we can't take you to the next level. Let's see if you have blocks that you're unaware of right? Because manifesting is all about, you know, and conscious creating is stuff that you can actually consciously think about. But what if you really are not aware of how deep some of these core beliefs are, and they're blocking you from your financial progress? They're blocking you from having that relationship that you really want, because you're still stuck in unforgiveness in the past. Mm. So with these remedies, we remove that block And what if now all of a sudden, gosh, I can create what I want to create. This manifesting stuff does actually work, right? I am now making the progress. Doors are opening that were closed before. You know, things are happening. I'm meeting new people that I never would have met. When we remove those blocks, then this stuff that we are taught about, how our thoughts are powerful, they could begin to manifest and change things. How do you address some of the resistance? I'm sure there are people who come to you, they have resistance, certain resistance of even fear. Uh, Maybe they have tried everything before. Like, I tried everything, you know, it's one of their beliefs. I tried everything and nothing worked. So they are just, you know, they have developed this resistance or fear when it comes to trying new remedies or 
Um, so what, how would you help them address their, their fear or something? We don't have too much of that resistance because by the time they get to us, they're like, I'll do anything to get better, <laughs> right? They're like, I, you know, I've already done everything else. You're my last hope. You're like, I got nobody else to go to. So they are usually in that position. These are the kind of patients that we usually end up attracting, right? Or the people who are like, I need to get to it to go to another level. How do I get there? We usually don't. If we get a skeptic, it's the husband, <laughs> okay? Who's like, really? You're telling me this is going to take care of my wife's problems? She's got a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that's possible, right? So if... In that sort of case, you know, we tell them, look, give us a chance, you know, uh, just, you know, we're not a real expensive thing. We're not $5,000. We're not $10,000 for a year of therapy. We're very affordable and give us that shot, you know, see if we can't take you to the next level that you want to go to. Yeah, I love that. All right. Thank you so much. Before we move on to the final section of the podcast, do you have anything that you really want to share or talk about? Perhaps I didn't ask you or didn't let you. No, I think we covered everything. You know, I, I just want people to know that, um, you know, we're out there. You can get a hold of us. Um, and there's there's hope for some of these people who've struggled all their lives, right? There's abuse victims that I see that are still suffering and they're in their 60s. And they're just still trying to make sense of, what, you know, where to go in life. They don't have to give up. There is options right? You don't have to, to be satisfied with nothing, but you can be happy again. You can find your path. And so that's what we want to offer those people is, you know, we can help you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for taking your time out. And we always end our podcast with final five rapid fire questions. And every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum. Oh, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier? Do I have to answer very quickly? <laughs> no, doesn't have to be. Okay, give me a quick second. Um, how much relationships, how important relationships are in life? Wonderful. Next question. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? Nothing. That was fast. <laughs> life is life is an experience and it's a learning experience. And I love uh, taking those and being able to use them. Yeah. Just, it becomes who we are. That's so true. Yeah. The third question, what is something you're trying to learn or curious about right now? I'd like to learn more about physics and the uh, what happens on how uh, the laws of physics work in the universe. Wow. Okay. Okay, interesting. Once you have learned that, you can come back and share with us. <laughs> Why yes. <laughs> the next question is, if you have five minutes and the whole world were listening to you, what would you say? Life is a journey. Don't waste it. It's a journey. It's a gift. Every experience will work for your good if you let it. Bad things will turn you into a stronger person and enjoy the good things when they come. Wow, that's so beautiful. It's like a motivational speech. <laughs> the last question is, what brings you joy? Uh, family, um, family and family. 
The only things at the end of life, I've never heard. I've worked with a lot of elderly people. I've never heard anyone say, "Money." I money. wish I, I wish I had worked harder and bought that bigger house. I, I wish I had, you know, uh, I wish I had not had a great relationship with my children. <laughs> it's all about our families and our relationships that we take with us out of this life. Oh, and all the memories that we created together, right? Right, right. That's so true. Thank you so much. And what can I send people to you? Yeah, so love to come to our website. We got a big button on there that says, we want to hear your story. You can book a free appointment. Um, it's www.privia, P-R-I-V-I-A, naturals, with an S, dot com. And uh, you can learn. We've got lots of articles there. Our clinical studies are there, all about our method of treatment. And book an appointment. I'd want to hear your story. And I'd uh, love to connect. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, bring what you have, remember, to Nick. And he wants to hear your story. All right. I hope you love and learn a lot from this episode. Go follow Nick. Go to his website. I'll put all the links in the show notes below. Connect with him. Book a session with him. Check out all the amazing things that he is doing. And do check out the... I might personally go and try out the therapy in the bottle. And <laughs> I want to share with you what I have learned about myself. And to learn more about what I do and connect with me, follow me on Instagram and or visit our website. And also, we release new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening today and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Thanks again to our sponsor, Get the Law of Attraction. Follow them on Instagram for daily spiritual enrichment and encouragement, especially if your spiritual ice cream cone is melting a bit, you will get a fresh scoop of your favorite flavor of spiritual encouragement and insights. Find Joy with Joanne listeners will get $25 off when you go to their website and use promo code Joanne, J-O-Y-A-N, when you sign up for their Law Attraction course and Gratitude Journal. Once again, that is Joanne, J-O-Y-A-N, for $25 off, and their links are in the show notes below. Thank you again for tuning to Find Joy with Joanne podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support this podcast in one of three ways. One, Take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your IG story and tag me at findjoyjoyan underscore podcast so I can repost and connect with you. Two, share this podcast with a friend or a family member. And three, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow and reach more listeners worldwide. Make sure you also subscribe so you don't miss out on any episode coming Wednesday. Thanks for being here and I will see you soon in the next episode.